Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Roto World Basketball Show. I'm Dan Titus filling in for Vaughn Dalzell because he got downgraded from questionable to out due to flu-like symptoms. We wish him well, but I'm joined with Raphael Johnson of Roto World himself, and we got some things to talk about. It's week 17, all-star break. We're going to run through all the recent news and injuries going around the league, give you a little predictions of what we feel like, how the all-star break is going to shake out in terms of the competition, and give you some surprises and disappointments throughout the season since this is the first official break that we've had for fantasy basketball. But first, I have to talk about, Raph, what's up with your Knicks and your protesting? Are you protesting? Are you standing on business along with the Knicks here after getting hosed by the Houston Rockets and the refs uh, last uh, couple games ago? I, I agree with the sentiment, you know, the reason behind the protest, but it's not going to matter. Like, I think it's been ages since a protest has been upheld, but I, I just want to get rid of the last two minute report because it, it's like, it's like that scene in barbershop and a lady bashed in the wrong dude's car windows and had nerve <laughs> to say my bad after she was like, who the hell is Malcolm Brown? They say Malcolm Brown's car. No, <laughs> like it's like, the last two minute report is basically the NBA saying our bad for like egregious errors. And it's like, just, just save it, man. They, especially in a situation like this, they probably should just left the game off the report. It's like, yeah, we, we messed this one up, but yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now. I mean, you gotta be feeling, you have a right to be feeling some type of way. I mean, just last week, everybody was praising the New York Knicks mm-hmm. and the moves that they made. This is probably the happiest I've seen you since we've yeah. been doing this for two seasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then to have like three straight L's and and to just have a game ripped away from you like that on such a BS call, um, it sucks as a Knicks fan. Like it, it you guys will be fine though. Like I'm just hoping yeah. that Isaiah Hartenstein is not out for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm hoping for right now. Yeah, that's a big thing. You know, whether they're talking fantasy or real basketball, they just need to get healthy. So the break comes at a good time for them. I think Atlanta's another team. We'll talk about them in this show. From an injury standpoint, you know, the all-star break coming now is going to be good for them. And there may not be straightforward answers in terms of fantasy pickups, too. So right. Um, there is a straightforward answer with Victor Webb and Yama, though. Um I think at this point. Would you say that he's untouchable in fantasy? Because after 
a couple of days ago, he just drops a triple double that included 10 blocks, 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks. Also had five assists. The one thing that that's just striking strikes me as crazy with Wembenyama right now is that he's only played over 30 minutes in 38% of games, 18 out of 48. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely not only egregious on Popovich's part, but also crazy that he's still a top 15 player in nine cat leagues and top 20 in uh, points leagues, despite only averaging like 28 minutes a game. It's absurd. Like we knew he would have a major impact on the league when he got here, just because you have this skill set that he does combined with the physical tools. We haven't seen that in the league. I don't think ever, you know, maybe, I heard someone say maybe like a young Ralph Sampson, but even he wasn't doing some of the things that Wemby does in transition or within the half court offensively. So, yeah, I think he is untouchable in fantasy. Like That's like get thrown out of the league type stuff if you try to trade him because there's no there's some sort of collusion going on if you're to move him because I don't think there's like a player that you can get one for one in terms of a trade. And then if you take multiple players, you're going to have to cut some guys. So it's like, no, he's definitely untouchable in fantasy. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think about, like, there's only probably two players that I would even maybe consider it. And you're talking SGA and Jokic. Jokic. But but at that point, you know, I guess if you're trying to get more blocks, maybe you make that SGA trade. But, like, I don't see any other person outside of those two guys that I'm like, yeah, I'd trade Victor Webb and Yama for that. Like, yeah. The upside is just too, too high. And, like, mm-hmm. you compare him to Ralph Sampson, like, I'm already thinking we're going to start seeing those Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson-type stat lines. I mean, he just, just he did it here. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we could see that more of that just in his rookie season, man. Like, all right, are, are we to the point now where he's – how high are you taking him next year? Who? I think I would go top five in, in redrafts. Um, Dynasty League, he has to be number one. Like, oh, yeah. No question. You know, so let's take that off the table right now. But I think top five, you know, Jokic and SGA, as you mentioned, would probably be the two guys I would consider taking ahead of him. Embiid, as productive as he is, you've got the injury concerns. And I don't know if I'd have Tyrese Halliburton in that category either, maybe like right behind those guys. So I think you're looking at three, maybe four in in a draft that I take Wemby. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, Last week we had – Kurt Heelan on from NBC. It was a great show. If you guys haven't saw it, check it out. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Um, it's always great to have perspective from, from someone that's closer to the game. And one thing we all agreed on was that the Dallas Mavericks were clear winners at the deadline. And one person that we talked about specifically was Daniel Gafford and the impact he'll make coming into Dallas. And so far, my God, 18 points, 13 rebounds, and three blocks. Um, he's averaging over the course of the last two uh, Two games, three games, two games. I think two games. Um, I mean, is this at this point? Have you seen enough in Gafford and the way that he's playing that we could say that he's going to likely be the starter going forward, or is it a bit too soon for that? I think it's a little too soon. Um, I want to see what we get out of Derek Lively once he returns from the broken nose, I mean, likely after the All Star break, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know if if I would necessarily cede the job to to Gafford right away. But the thing about these two games is that he's played, what, 24 minutes in each? If that in the first game, if I'm not mistaken. So 
he's long been someone who doesn't need to play. Like he's not going to play like 30 minutes a night, you know, whether it's foul trouble or that occasional trip to the locker room during the game over a nagging injury, you may get 28 minutes, but I think in his case where he is now playing alongside Luca and Kyrie probably only needs about 23 to 25 minutes to provide really good value. So even if you were to come off the bench, I don't think it's a big deal because they're going to be staggering Luca and Kyrie's minutes as it is. So, yeah, uh, I don't really know if it matters if he starts. Yeah, I don't think it does either. And I think that's one of the things we were talking about. I was like, I feel like they mm-hmm. could both eat in a timeshare. Um, yeah. I know you're not a per 36 guy, but just it's just funny looking at these numbers, mm-hmm. dude. Like 30 points, 22 rebounds, <laughs> and like – five blocks and and a steal and a half like that's just absurd no way he sustains that but i think it's it's definitely makes the case like he's a top 40 player right now in in nine Mm -hmm. cat leagues i think he could sustain that based off of getting the same workload he was getting in washington like he's just a permanent guy you don't need 30 minutes of daniel gaffer to be effective so yeah i am curious i think Derek lively was upgraded to questionable on Wednesday, but I agree with you. Like, there's no sense in really bringing him mm-hmm. back yet, but we'll see how the injury report shakes out. But I think right now you've got to feel really good about having Daniel Gafford post-trade. Another guy that you're probably really excited to have if you have him on your roster is Buddy Heald. This guy's been providing second-round value in the three games that he's played for the Sixers thus far. Is this sustainable? In my opinion, I don't know that it is because I think a lot of what's driving his fantasy appeal right now is his assists. He's mm-hmm. averaging like seven assists in the, over the last three games, but his potential assists is like eight per game. So that conversion, people are going to start missing shots eventually, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Heald? Yeah, I don't know if second-round value is sustainable. Um, they've also had injuries like Tobias Harris being in and out of the lineup kind of opens some things up for him in terms of more opportunities with the basketball in his hands. But, yeah, I think he can be like a top 50 player. Um, in this role, but I don't know. Second round, that's a bit much to expect, even with his good start in Philadelphia. Yeah, really curious to see what it looks like with Buddy Heald with the Sixers actually healthy, man. Like, uh, Anthony Melton's going to come back eventually. Um, Kelly Oubre had a great game the last game, but he's been kind of off and on. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, you know, the big man, JoJo, when he comes back, I think that's where we're really going to see the real-life basketball element of Buddy Heald's impact uh, really take shape. Um, do you expect anything about Kyle Lowry coming in? Like, do you think that hurts campaign? Like, I mean, we're talking deep league here. Like, I don't think we, either of us would, would, would expect to pick up Kyle Lowry, but like, what's the trickle down effect of him being there? I think it would be campaign who takes the biggest hit. Um, you know, Lowry obviously hasn't been in the organization, but he knows Daryl Morey and Nick nurse, um, you know, from prior connections. So, I think if anyone takes the hit, it's going to be campaign. But I don't really know. Like you said, I don't know if that's saying too much in terms of fantasy because you got Tyrese Maxey there. As long as he's healthy, he's going to play 33 to 35 uh, per night. Yeah. Um, and Paul Reed, we finally got a few good games of Paul Reed, mm-hmm. man. I, like, Do you think that we can feel safe now as a, as a fantasy manager now? Like he had a couple of duds out the gates, but I feel like he's finally coming around. Yeah, and I think he's in a situation where it really didn't matter if he felt safe. He just kind of had to roll yeah. with him because there's yeah, really no other options, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to roster Mo Bamba. You know? No, but yeah, so Reed, <laughs> yeah, it's good to see him put together a few games just for those 
fantasy managers who may be, you know, prone to panic a bit in terms of dropping guys or trying to move on from them. So, yeah, I think he's going to be fine. And like I said, you really didn't have anywhere else to turn in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's been a top 100 player in points leagues, averaging 30 over his last uh, 30 per game, fantasy points over the last seven days. And in nine cat leagues, love to see the stocks that he's providing and mm -hmm. not doing too much in the scoring department, but the rebounds and the stocks is exactly what you want for Paul Reed when you invested in him. Uh, some other guys at the trade deadline that we talked about was Gigi Jackson. He's showing out, playing really well. You mentioned our man, Money Marv. He mm -hmm. had a couple of bad games, and now he seems to be back. Um, Trey Mann is a guy that I think I wasn't expecting. Like We talked about it a little bit. I think you were the one that brought him up, uh, being that he hadn't had a big opportunity in Oklahoma City. But anytime he got on the floor, he seemed to produce. And with LaMelo Ball, like I feel like we have no idea when he's coming back. Like, Do you think Trey Mann has some staying power, at least in the short term here? I think he does. Um, you know, obviously starting, you know, I think he in extremely deep leagues, Vasily J. Micic would be on the radar as well as the backup. But yeah, I think man, it does have some staying power here. Like you said, we don't know when the is going to be back. Same with Mark Williams. Their medical situation in Charlotte is it's infuriating if you're a fantasy manager. Because all you want is some clarity, but there never really seems to be any. So yeah, I think if you have Trey Mann, you just kind of roll with him, see how things go these next few weeks. Yeah, one guy that I think I want to – I got to renege my my stance, man. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's Grant Williams. I did not think yep. he was going to be yeah. that good at fantasy basketball. Mm -hmm. um, from all the reports of you know him going sour on most of the players in Dallas, and I didn't realize he was actually from like the, the North yeah, Carolina area. Yeah, so. yep. Yeah. So, you know, this is a coming home party for him. So I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of similar to RJ Barrett's like, hey, this is like my hometown. Like, let me ball out a little bit. And he's been doing it, man. He's been averaging 18 points and six boards over the last few games. And um, is this a guy that you've picked up in any leagues? Like, do you think that there's a legitimacy to actually keeping him uh, fantasy viable right now? Yeah, I was beaten to the punch on him in a couple of leagues. I was picking him up. I think even in that reserve role, he's in a good spot in terms of providing value. Obviously, doesn't play the same position as Mark Williams, but not having him available kind of opens some things up. You know, in the past, we saw P.J. Washington play the five. Um, they can use Grant there in smaller lineups as well. So he's going to get the minutes, I think, that he needs to be fantasy relevant. And he, he's done a good job in, in Charlotte thus far. Yeah, he seems like an, a, a good adult in the room, too. You know, yeah. um, with mm -hmm. Brandon Miller, like all of the reports that I've seen about the maturity of Brandon Brandon Miller. And um, I think it's it actually feels good getting Grant Williams in there, a guy that yeah. can kind of – he's that comes from a winning environment, you know, kind of change the, the culture there a little bit. I don't know about change the culture, but at least he'll have a positive impact on the culture, yeah. at least in the short term. Um want to talk about real quick, just not fantasy basketball related, but Shaq got his jersey retired in Orlando yesterday mm -hmm. really dope ceremony loved that Penny Hardaway was was one of the ones that to really talk about him and his journey there and Shaq said it was like one of the most impressive accomplishments of his career and I wanted to just ask you a couple things one surprisingly that there's only three people there's only three players that have their jerseys retired by three different teams Wilt Chamberlain obviously mm -hmm. Pete Maravich and then Shaq 
was surprised at Pete Maravich because he never actually played for the Pelican. Well, New Orleans didn't have a franchise, but they retired his number anyway because of what he did mm -hmm. at LSU, one of the best college basketball players of all time. But I wanted to ask you, what players do you think currently are going to warrant getting their jersey retired by three teams? Ooh, that's a good question. Man, because in this era, it's – Guys seem to move around. Like, I don't know if LeBron would get his jersey retired in Miami, for example. What? I, I, know he, I know he won two titles, but it's just the way that things went when he left. Um, yeah. I think that may be a sticking point. They'll probably eventually figure it out, but he won two titles there for, for crying out loud. So I think they'll figure that out eventually. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll like, get there. I mean – Kevin Durant, I don't really know if he would. Who's the third? I mean, I think if yeah, he... OKC and Golden State for sure, but mm -hmm. you're not going to get. I don't think you can get one in Brooklyn. You know, if the... he wins with the Suns, that's his only chance, in my opinion. Yeah. If he wins, yeah. he has to win mm -hmm. though. Um, have a couple other names for you. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard. That there's a chance if he retires a Clipper, is there a chance? Man, it, I think it's possible because then you're kind of Toronto. He, only, he was only there one year, so I, I can see the longevity argument against it. But that one year delivered their first and to this point only championship. San Antonio, how many did he win there? Did he win two or just one? Uh, well, he got a finals MVP there, so I feel like yeah. that, that was definitely. Uh, okay, so all right, our producer Adam's saying he may have won two. Two, okay, but, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's possible. I know they didn't like the way things went down when he left or before he left and leading up to it. But, yeah, I think – I don't think there are too many guys that could have him retired in three, you know, at this point. Yeah. I think the, the only other one – the only other two guys that came to mind for me were Jason Kidd, possibly. Mm -hmm. Like, I know he'd get Dallas. He would get New Jersey or Brooklyn. Would he get Phoenix? That that's the one that I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But then the other one's Ray Allen. I, I think he'll, I think he'll get it because hmm. I think he he did enough in, I mean, Milwaukee, obviously, Seattle, um, and then Boston. Right. Okay, so Kawhi didn't win two titles in San Antonio. He's just had the one in 2014. So, All right. but he did to get that Finals MVP. So like, yep. and I feel mm -hmm. like you know. Andre Iguodala is probably going to get retired by the Sixers and the Golden State Warriors because I don't know he got Finals MVP for you know one of the Warriors. Oh, the Sixers. I would think so. I would. I mean, hmm. if I if if I'm a well, if I'm a Sixers <laughs> guy, I feel like I would put him. But that's the thing about it; it's become so liberal now that yeah, I feel like the argument could be like, I don't know. There's going to be some stretches out there for sure. Like I, I feel like I'm gonna be like eh, like Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah, like you're you got the bubble championship, but like are you should you be in the rafters in, in LA? Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a fun conversation. Yeah, Westbrook. I mean, is an interesting West, guy yeah. because mm -hmm. clearly he get in an OKC, but then he's been at so many other places. I, yeah. Yeah. It's a funny conversation though. So thank you for indulging me here. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, the, the Boston Celtics obviously have the most jerseys retired, like freaking 22 of them to mm -hmm. match all of their championships. Um, 
baseball, the only other team that can match them is probably the Yankees. Yeah. And the Yankees, spring training, all that stuff is happening right now. And the countdown to spring training is on. So for those looking to get a head start on the upcoming MLB season, grab your Roto World Basketball Draft Guide. It's loaded with comprehensive positional rankings, projections, and player profiles to ensure your draft success. Visit NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code BASEBALL, B-A-S-E-B-A-L-L-24 to get 10% off at checkout. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yeah, I, man, I, I would love to get into fantasy baseball. Mm -hmm. I, I usually do like four or five teams. So now that spring trains, it's crazy how quickly... Mm -hmm. <laughs> how quickly <laughs> everything's coming together man football ends baseball starts like yeah. basketball up in between it um but in between that there's been some injuries man uh, i feel for the miami heat they've been injury riddled all season long they acquired terry rogier from the charlotte hornets just started to find his groove it feels like and then he suffers a, a knee sprain injury that looks like it's going to sideline him at least in the short term there hasn't been a a timetable yet but what are you doing i guess in lieu of that injury who are you picking up um if this ends up being a little bit long of an injury i think duncan robinson and jaime Hawkins jr are the two guys that most fancy people kind of gravitated towards in the immediate aftermath um duncan robinson at six three pointers scored 23 points and in, in their blowout of the bucks on tuesday so that was a good performance for him as a starter Hawkins. Solid off the bench, but I think a lot of us expected him to remain in the starting lineup with Jimmy Butler also out. Um, but that didn't happen. So those two, I think, would st I would still roll with. I can see like Caleb Martin being a possibility as well, even though he didn't play too well against Milwaukee. He's someone else to be on there. Beyond that, I think you just kind of watch listing Kevin Love and Nikola Jovic just to see what they do. Miami's schedule isn't great, but due to the long-term nature of the Rogier and Richardson injuries, you still may want to like get out in front of in front of things and add a few of those guys right now. Yeah, I think it's a good point. The the Josh Richardson injury too. He injured his shoulder. He's going to be missing multiple weeks. I think Caleb Martin makes a lot of sense, and I think Duncan Robinson mm -hmm. for what he's done and what he's shown earlier in the season with all the injuries. Uh, certainly, someone that's going to be in the rotation. Uh, as long as he's avoiding scraps with with Jalen Brown there. <laughs> um, but Jaime Jaquez, you know, a guy that kind of hit the rookie wall, I, mm -hmm. I think is someone that we could expect to see. Because, like, one of the things 
and I don't know if he's necessarily a disappointment on a per game value, but Jimmy Butler just hasn't really been available. So, mm. you know, if that continues and, you know, obviously the Miami Heat are always a team that's going to be dangerous in the playoffs and they're always playing for the longer term. I think we could probably see more of this Jaime Jaquez, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin experience, especially as they're they're dealing with these injuries to two guys that are, you know, commanding a, a decent amount of rotational minutes here. Mm. Um, also would expect Tyler Hero to step up, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see here. I would love to just get a timetable, but uh, Terry Rozier did post a video of Wolverine on his Instagram. So I guess he's like some kind of supernatural healer. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he'll beat this timeline whenever that comes out. Um, one person that's always known for injured being injured is Malcolm Brogdon. He's dealing with some elbow tendonitis. He's not going to be reevaluated for two weeks. What are we doing here, man? This seems like you've always been a um, an advocate for scoot henderson and i think now is just more validation of that yeah he's he's been playing better he's been more efficient in recent games than he was early in the season um, he also missed time due to injury it's a foot sprain he missed two games over the weekend the fact that he played 30 plus last night coming off of that injury i think is a positive sign regarding the severity of it so that's all the more to kind of commit to scoot in standard leagues you're still, you still may take a hit in a field goal percentage category, but at this point, it's either him or Simon. Simon's is already rostered everywhere, so just take the plunge on Scoot, man. Yeah, I, I think you take the plunge on Scoot. Um, this is eventually going to be one of those guys that, you know, Portland not really going anywhere, mm-hmm. wanting to see more out of Scoot. I think this is just a perfect scenario for him to actually have – not, not that he's looking over his shoulder, but I just think the usage um, is going to go up with with Brogdon not being around anymore, uh, at least in the short term here. And when anytime you put it in at least in front of mm-hmm. something or being reevaluated, to me, sounds like at least three or four weeks here. Yeah. And they have no reason to rush Brogdon back in any in any um, in any sense. So um, one other person that had you know, that at least in front of his injury uh, designation was Fred Van Vliet. He was expected to miss at least four games. Monday, this past Monday was his fourth game. It's already been reported he's going to be out for Wednesday. So he's going to be out through the all-star break. Are you getting concerned? This is just another adductor injury, which seems to be the most common injury now um, for a lot of basketball players. Um, So amen, Thompson. I think mm-hmm. it's this. This is the time, man. Um, I have him rostered in a couple of leagues, and I've been loving the results. You know, he may not score a lot, but between rebounds, assists, and stocks, man, like you can't ask for much more yeah. out of a rookie. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think his rest of season value is a reason why I would hold on to him even after Van Vliet returns, uh, whenever that may be. Just because, like you said, he doesn't, he may not score too much, but he can give you just about everything else in terms of those counting stats. The percentages can be a bit wonky at times, but I think he's someone to go with. And even with their win over the Knicks on Monday, there's still three out of that last playing spot. So I don't think it takes too much to envision a scenario in which the Rockets kind of fade after the All Star break, especially if Van Vliet isn't ready to go by then. So I think if you have Amin Thompson, I'm holding on to him. 
Yeah. What are you doing with Cam Whitmore? Because, you know, he's dealing with an ankle injury mm-hmm. and he's a guy that's that's really come on as of late. You know, one definitely been climbing the rookie ladder and just in terms of his impact on the Rockets, man, like the usage rate and what he's doing for their scoring punch. Yeah. Um, he's been dropped a lot. I think he's down to 17 percent in Yahoo leagues. Is he someone that you think has some rest of the season appeal and someone that you would scoop up to? He does just because we still don't know the deal with Tari Eason. Uh, in terms yeah. of his leg injury. And that's when Whitmore's value kind of rose is when, you know, Easton was first sidelined. So right, I think it kind of depends on what your roster looks like right now, whether or not you can afford to kind of stash someone like him. But if you can, I think it, it's worth considering because he's someone like I'm in Thompson. He's probably going to play more, you know, down the stretch than he currently is. Yeah, I feel like this, this is the part of the season where if your team happens to be healthy, which I don't think I have that case in many situations, <laughs> but if you stash someone in injury in an IL spot, like this is the, the time that you want to stash these people that could be, you know, because we're not terribly far away from fantasy playoffs, man. Like mm-hmm. standard leagues, we're like four weeks away. So this is definitely prime season that you want to be preparing for that. Um, to that, you know, there's a couple players like, Anyaka Kongwu was a very popular ad. You know, he was, I saw him hovering around 60%. So shallow leagues, he was widely out there. And then once Clint Capella got hurt, it was like, oh man, mm-hmm. Kongwu to the moon here. And then he gets hurt and now he's going to be out for 10 days. So what do you think the Houston, the, the Atlanta Hawks are going to do here? Play small? Is there any immediate ad that you can expect, you know, after the all-star break that might help your fantasy team? I think they're going to play small. Like They've got Bruno Fernando on the roster. Maybe he starts games, but I don't see him suddenly playing like 28 to 30 minutes per night. Um, if he does, hey, more power to him. You know, that would make him viable in deeper leagues. But I don't see that happening, you know, especially if they can get DeAndre Hunter off of a minutes restriction. Because then you've got him, Sadiq Bay, and Jalen Johnson. Maybe wreak some havoc with those guys. You've got Bogdan Bogdanovich as well. Um so, yeah, I think they're probably going to have to go small just to kind of account for those absences right now. Yeah, and I thought they have the the positional flexibility to do it. You know, hmm. Jalen jo- running a lineup with Jalen Johnson and Sadiq Bay and uh, Br- Bruno Fernando can just, you know, be the centerpiece that's not really going to have a lot of usage, just protect the rim, let everybody else go to work. Um, but I don't, I don't really see him as a viable ad right now. Um, this is really just going to be usage spread out, you know, amongst the the guys that are already producing at a high clip for the the Atlanta Hawks, which surprisingly, I think that's one of my biggest surprises this season. I didn't expect, you know, Quinn Snyder to have one of the most fantasy friendly offenses mm-hmm. um, in fantasy basketball. But every it seems like everybody's eating when they, when they get minutes yeah. there. So just a really fun team to to have rostered. A um, couple other just like what seem to be short term injuries. Jamal Murray is dealing with an adductor injury. Um, he's going to be doubtful for Wednesday. I, I don't know that you need to pick up Reggie Jackson. Like, if you have a streaming spot, sure. But, you know, I don't expect his absence to be too long. Um, and then Tobias Harris is dealing with a hip injury, which you already mentioned. It doesn't seem like that's going to be a long-term injury, but there just hasn't been too much reports on, like, how he's feeling. Or, yeah. I haven't seen a timetable or anything about Tobias that makes you concerned. I haven't. It's kind of weird that it started out as him being out due to illness and then it kind of transitioned to a hip injury. So you kind of wonder how long has the hip been bothering him? And, you know, with the lack of information, 
you know, you, you hope he's ready after the All-Star break, but you just never know. So I guess if you got Kelly Oubre, you just can stick with him a bit in the fantasy. Yeah, and one and one um yeah, see Kelly Oubre, yeah, I, I feel like he's very streaky, but at this point, you mm-hmm. know, if, if Tobias Harris is out, like that that's gotta be the play. And um, yeah. you know, he's somebody you can definitely grab in shallow leagues. He's under sixty percent rostered, I believe, in Yahoo League. So I would definitely be looking towards him, but I would just like to have a little bit more clarity. But I imagine, like, just because the all-star break is approaching, mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me if we get a bunch of random, you know, uh, star players out right before the deadline with, yeah. you know, the all-star break just a couple of days away. Um, so Thursday, yeah, we only have three games on Thursday. Uh, big slate on Wednesday tonight, but then Thursday's only three games. So I think that's, like, the perfect time to tune in to Caitlin Clark and she's about to break Kelsey Plum's uh, career NCAA all-time scoring record. And I didn't realize how close she was to Pete Maravich too. Um, for yeah. again, that's the all-time record, but Thursday yeah. night, just another chance to watch college basketball history. When Caitlin Clark chases down all time, the all-time NCAA scoring record. When Iowa hosts Michigan, coverage of the Big Ten matchup begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and it will be exclusively on Peacock. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, I think the NBA set that up really well um, for us to be able women's basketball i'm really excited to see her break that record man yeah. she she's only eight points away so make sure you tune in at 7 30 because by about right. 7 45 yeah <laughs> uh, what, what do you think the prospects of her i mean she's averaging 32 a game what, mm-hmm. what do you think what, what do you think it's going to take for her to get um maravich's record i think it would require that scoring average plus a deep run in the NCAA tournament, um, which is certainly possible. Iowa's been one of the best teams in the country this season, last season as well, reaching a title game. So it's certainly possible, but I think that's what they're going to have to do in order for have a, have a shot of eclipsing Pete Maravich, who accomplished his in three years, which is absolutely stunning. But, yeah. Uh, that's worthy of getting your jersey retired by a franchise that didn't exist. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I think that's just going to be a great way to take us into the all-star break um, that obviously begins on Friday but you know we haven't really talked too much extensively about this weird week that is week 17 it's a two-week scoring period that goes from February 12th to February 25th so most of us we were pretty much done with week 17 part one so looking ahead man um, being that transactions don't reset in standard leagues you only have a handful of moves here so maybe you used a couple in part one maybe you want to use a couple in part mm-hmm. two are there any teams that you're actively targeting for the second half of week 17 i think charlotte would be one we talked about them earlier in the show they've got three games after the all-star break so 
Uh, pretty good schedule there if you need if you have some catching up to do in terms of your fantasy scores. Um, Grant Williams, as you said earlier, prime target Trey Mann as well. So I think they're one. Um, New Orleans also has three games after the break. You know, the Dyson Daniels injury wasn't huge in terms of fantasy, but for their rotation, that probably frees some minutes up for some guys. Trey Murphy's only rostered in 48% of Yahoo leagues right now. Um, I know he, his production dropped off a bit, but with that injury, Zion's been kind of a question mark for some of these games recently with his foot issue. Trey Murphy might be someone to keep an eye on for after the break when they've got three games for the remainder of week seven. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, man. I love the Charlotte call, uh, especially with how many injuries that they're having. You could pick yeah. up Trey Mann. You could pick up Grant Williams. Um, definitely some good or Michich if you want to go even deeper leagues. Uh, one of the teams, the team that that the only team that plays five games over the next, uh, I guess you would say through today, Wednesday through the end of week 17 is the Golden State Warriors. They yeah. play five mm -hmm. games um, and they play against a really good lineup of the Lakers, Charlotte Hornets end off with the, the Denver Nuggets. But um, I think you could probably in deeper leagues, if you're just looking for a volume play, Maybe pick up Dario Saric. Um, Moses Moody is now back in the in the rotation. I don't know that I would expect too much. Um, but on that note, actually, I just want to get your thoughts real quick because we've talked about the Warriors extensively here. Um, what do you think about Clay Thompson and the possibility of him getting reduced minutes? And is he still someone that is a must roster going forward in, in like a little bit of a reduced capacity? Yeah, I don't think he's a must roster guy at all, especially in shallow leagues, just because the defensive numbers, you know, it'd be one thing if he was shooting poorly, but was making up for it with the stocks, but that hasn't really happened. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to watch um, not just his production, but how he handles it. Cause that obviously will also be a factor in, in how well he plays when on the court. So yeah, I think I would hold him in, in standard leagues, but shallow leagues, you really want to keep an eye on those minutes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely something we're going to be monitoring because the Warriors are actually playing better now. Um, mm -hmm. I think they were one of the more perplexing teams that didn't make any moves at the deadline, and I think now we see why. They're going to try to go for it now that Draymond's back. Hopefully he doesn't do anything that might <laughs> get, call Adam Silver to mm -hmm. uh, get involved again, but that beef with him and Yusuf Nurkic is just hilarious at this point. Like, no, it's just such an insignificant beef yeah. that, like, it's just funny that it's getting the media attention that it is like Draymond. You're talking to you. Like no one was questioning whether Yusuf Nurkic was hard or soft, bro. Like I, yeah, I'm just so confused by that. Like why it just doesn't make any sense either way. Um, any other teams that you'd be targeting or, or players specifically, uh, Utah is a team that plays four games. I don't know that we're going to go dumpster diving yet. I would love to see if, Taylor Hendricks can start to pick up some more momentum here. Obviously, the Kelly Olenek trade has worked out pretty well so far for him. Um, mm. He's a guy that I've actually – I know we were talking about it with Kingy on the FBI International pod, and we were both kind of like lukewarm on the idea of Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Have you warmed up to it a little bit more? Yeah. It, I was. I think I was a bit salty with the fact that they took like a capable big man for themselves and they aren't going to be anywhere near the postseason. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think he can be an interesting play. Um, I know this guy didn't play well last night, but Simone Fontecchio in Detroit, um, mm -hmm. I think we mentioned him uh, on Friday in, in passing, but he's someone with their need for, for spacing. You know, he could be a valuable piece and 
he's not going to have to deal with LeBron James, you know, on a consistent basis here. So I think he's someone else to maybe keep an eye on, um, if not pick up, you know, for the remainder of week 17. Yeah, I think I, I neglected to, to ask it, but like, is there anybody else from the, the deadline that you were surprised about other than Grant Williams that, you know, it's, I know Fontecchio kind of fits that bill, right? Because I know mm-hmm. you were yeah. higher, at least excited on Quentin Grimes coming over mm-hmm. and he just hasn't had a chance to play yet, but I'm still excited yeah. for that. Like, I think that that's going to work long term. Um, but is there anyone else that kind of like surprised you um, that's kind of getting minutes now that you should be picking up in, in fantasy? Ooh, not really. Uh, I think it's kind of all played out you know, to plan. I think obviously we mentioned Trey Mann earlier. I think he would be the biggest yeah. surprise because he was practically put on ice in Oklahoma City. So for him to to take on those starters minutes and he hasn't been elite, but he's been good enough to retain that role. I think that he would certainly qualify. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm usually I'm thinking like a in the the positive light of like, oh, this guy surprised me. This is great. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, I'm supremely disappointed in Ben Matherin. I scooped him up as soon as that trade went down in like three leagues waiting for him to pop off. And maybe it's just the ankle injury or something, but like he's been complete trash lately. And so like I had to drop him. Like I, I Mm -hmm. see the upside in it. Like the opportunity is there, but he's just not seizing the moment right now. Um, So while Aaron Neesmith is cooking, um, Matherin's just kind of been regular. So I'll take the L on that one, man. I I thought he was going to be good and, Maybe there's still time for it, right? But right now he's definitely in a funk. Yeah. Yeah, I think his game is never – it hasn't been, like, a, the most fantasy-friendly game as it is. No. So I certainly understand, like, the whole opportunity aspect of it. But he's not someone that I was, you know, hunting, you know, to add. Like, if, if Neesmith were available, that was who I was going to pick up in, in any fantasy league. Yeah, I think I was, uh, I was hoping for – rookie year version like of like, yeah. right, you getting 29 minutes 16 points you get to the line a lot you can help the efficiency and he's actually shooting better this year but like mm-hmm. he just doesn't do enough outside of scoring to really help you in fantasy so yeah, yeah i think i was just a bit optimistic there and, and definitely regretting it now and then i pick up someone like grant williams who i had no expectations <laughs> for mm-hmm. and he's actually doing well so that that's fantasy for you um, one thing I'd also note about week 17 is that you'll want to avoid the Miami Heat. They only play two games over the course of the rest of this week and going into the end of the scoring period. So yeah. as much as it's great, like you're gonna have to take a longer term view on the Heat mm-hmm. because, like, you know, we just talked about those injuries with Rogier and, and Josh yeah. Richardson. It just sucks that you pick these guys up and then it's like, oh man, I can only get Jaime Hawkins for a couple yeah. of games. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. You know, obviously, if you're depend on your seating, if you have some some margin, take a flyer on someone like Jaime Jaquez because he could help you long term, not just in the short term. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's move on to uh, the biggest surprises and disappointments as we approach the All Star break. Want to get your thoughts, man? Like it's not. I mean, we're 17 weeks in the fantasy basketball season. Like we're pretty far gone <laughs> from uh, yeah. this point of like over. Like someone's going to get a lot better at this point. Um, from a positive, who's been your biggest surprise for fantasy basketball this year? Um, I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson and Grayson Allen. Um, I know there are some people who thought that Johnson could be someone who could take a step forward this season, but I don't think anybody foresaw top 40 value, you know? So kudos to him and, and Grayson Allen has kind of fit in seamlessly, you know, next to KD, uh, Booker and Bradley Beal. 
just needs to keep from whacking people on the side of the head while they attempt layups, and I think he'll be all right. But, yeah, he's been a top 75 player. Um, so I think those two would be my surprises uh, to this point in the season. Yeah, I love the Grayson Allen call. Um, not only is he among the top 10 in Yahoo Public Leagues in terms of the best teams, like he's like, mm-hmm. I want to say like 18% rostered or something like that. Um, so obviously, if you picked him up, it's resulting in probably a pretty good standing for your team. But then also just like where he was drafted, like he pretty much went undrafted and mm-hmm. this guy is providing, you know, top 75 value. Like you can't ask for much more like that's league winning type of pickups. Right. Like yeah. I could probably throw Isaiah Hartenstein into that bucket, mm-hmm. too. But like, sure, he took advantage of an injury, but that's how fantasy goes. Um but uh, my guy was Daniel Gafford. I didn't really have him ranked particularly high. I had him in like the 90 range, like expecting yeah. like, okay, Daniel Gafford is going to be solid to be top 40 in nine cat leagues is stupid. Like <laughs> I, just, I did not, that, that's like Brooke Lopez, you know, ceiling here. And I, I didn't, I didn't project that for him. So um, I think he's probably my biggest surprise. Um, love the Jalen Johnson call too. I was high on him in the beginning of the season, but I don't, I wasn't expecting a top 40. Yeah. What about disappointments? For the sake of variety, because I think your pick was yeah. hit the nail on the Pretty head. But for this, yeah, for the sake of variety, I'm going to go with Jalen Green. Um, I thought that he would be better in terms of the efficiency. Like he has improved recently. I'll give him credit for that. He's been playing some pretty good basketball the last couple weeks. But the season-long efficiency or lack thereof has been really concerning because he really doesn't give you defensive stats. You really need those percentages and the scoring to be on point. Hasn't been that way. He's ranked well outside the top 100. I think he's outside the top 150, in fact. So, yeah, he would be my pick, but he's second coming in behind your pick. Jordan Poole, ladies and gentlemen. Jordan Poole. It is not a pool party. Far from it. The pool's been closed damn near all year. Um Dude, it's just bad. Like I, the, now the fact that he's getting booed in Washington, Adam, you can probably attest to this. Like, I, is that like a new low? Like, how many people have actually been booed in Washington? Um, he's just awful, dude. Like, I, I wish he could just find his offense. Like, just find your stroke. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not shooting the ball a lot. He just lost all of his confidence. The turnovers. Super inconsistent, and um, I'm surprised he's still rostered in as many leagues as he is as it stands. Like, I think it's just the name that people are holding on to. He's rostered in 82% of leagues. It's starting to fall a little bit, but, I mean, the way that he's playing, Andrew Wiggins probably had a, a vote yeah. in that, but I don't mm-hmm. think he carried the draft capital that Poole had. You know, like, yeah. Poole was a top, you know, fourth, fifth-round pick that's well outside, you know, late-round value right now. So, mm-hmm. Easy one for me. I also invested in Jalen Green. He's had he's had moments where he's been good, yeah. but overall, like similar to Ben Matherin, the skill set just doesn't really translate to fantasy very well. It's mm-hmm. just inefficient and doesn't do enough defensively to kind of uh, balance out the inefficiency. Yeah, it's good calling Wiggins. I, he was so far down the rankings, I almost forgot about him in terms of disappointment. So <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um. And if you guys haven't already, I know I mentioned mentioned uh, Kurt Heelan and, and all the great work that he does. But to find all your favorite NBC sports shows, go to Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Matthew Berry was live on the beat at Media Row. 
um, doing the happy hour. Great shows there. Um, really great coverage by the team at NBC. So make sure you, you if you want to check out the podcast, do it over at Amazon Music. Um, so, Raf, the, the All-Star break, I know you were, we talked about, we teased it last week, is like you're looking forward to the fact that there just actually isn't ball yeah. for a handful of days that you can actually get some rest. But you will be watching All-Star Weekend. Yes. I'm sure you have some picks about who's going to do certain things. So let's just run through some of the the events and who you're you're picking for these. So let's start with the dunk contest. The field is pretty weak. Um, who who are you going for? Um, I hope that Jacob Topton wins it for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> him being him being a Nick, but I think Mac McClung is going to repeat. Um, like you said, this isn't the most impressive field like Jalen Brown I don't really think of him as a contest dunker I think of him no. more as a uh in-game dunker guy who can get up and dunk on somebody I know Jaime Hawkins did beat KJ Martin in the slam dunk contest in high school so he he's got hops for sure but yeah I, I just think it's going to be Mac McClung's show and the other guys just fighting for second place I was gonna go Mac but I think Jaime Jaquez is going to bring something that I feel like we already saw what Mac can do. If Mac can hit every one of his dunks on the first try, yeah. there's going to be no no shot. But I think Jaime's got something up his sleeve. And I, I did look at the old videos of him dunking in high school. He's got bunnies. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with Jaime on that one uh, just to go for a dark horse because I know Mac's like the odds on favorite. But it's so weird. Like, do we need to change? Larry, so this is a whole philosophical conversation here. But like, what does what does the league need to do to either get NBA players that are actually playing in the NBA to participate in this dunk contest, or maybe they just do away with it and just find the best dunkers everywhere and just have it like actually be a really fun dunk contest? Like, I don't getting the G League guys that aren't really on a roster to do the the contest doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I feel like you just gotta do pick choose choose one. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what they can do because what is there left to do in terms of a dunk on a ten <laughs> on a ten foot rim? Like that's pretty much what we're all waiting for at this point, you know. And and the thing is, unless humans evolve in a manner that's like absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> there's nothing that's really going to change. So I think I'm fine with four four contestants as opposed to eight that they had back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. If it were eight with the way that the dunk contest has been, it would be ridiculous. So I'm glad that it's down to four contestants, but I don't really think there's too much they can do unless they decide to just completely scrap it. And I don't right. think you want to do that with all-star weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't scrap it, man. There's just too much nostalgia and, and just history and, and the dunks. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you, man. The creativity is, is definitely lacking. And I don't know how you find it, but um, I, we're definitely running out of options, but it should be fun nonetheless. But I think the best, the best event is always to me, like at least as of the last like decade, at least the three point shootout. Mm -hmm. And we got a nice list of of participants here: Malik Beasley, your boy Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, the, the reigning champ, Lori Markinen. Uh, I was surprised about that. Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, a, a previous winner, and then also Trey Young. Who do you got in that field? Because that that's that's pretty deep. I'm going with Malik Beasley. Um, Ooh. yeah, that, I don't exactly know why. I think just the fact <laughs> that he's like pretty much a catch and shoot guy, 
I believe that can help him in this competition. Obviously, I don't think it matters too much. You know, Dame won the title last year, as you noted. Um, he's not just a stand in, in a corner on the wings and just catch the ball and shoot type of guy. So I don't think it matters too much. But I, I'm going with Beasley. I could see Carl Anthony Towns winning it again, too. Um, you know, the self-proclaimed greatest big man shooter of all time. You know, <laughs> you, you add a second title to your resume, you know, that just kind of strengthens it a little bit. So I think I can see him doing it as well. But I'm going to go with Malik Beasley. Yeah, I, I was going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. It's exactly mm -hmm. that. Like, I feel like he wants to really cement himself as the best yeah. big man shooter of all time. And going up there as being a two-time three-point champ, I think, would certainly help his case. So I'm going to go mm -hmm. with, with Carl Anthony Towns. But I like the Beasley call, man, because I think he's so underrated. And I know he's been lobbying to participate for a while. So I think, yeah. you know, the bright lights are are definitely shining on him. I think he's going to be ready to, to launch. I'm kind mm -hmm. of surprised at Tyrese Halliburton. I feel like just his form alone isn't going to allow him to finish, like, the racks. <laughs> like, Didn't like he it's shoot? Such a bizarre, like... <laughs> he was in it last year, no? I think he uh, reached a final. I, did I he? can't recall. Uh, let me see here. I mean, I know he shoots at a 40% clip, so it's not a mount whether he's going to make it. Um, yeah. It's, it's about... Yeah, because he, yep, Buddy and Tyrese Ooh. were finalists. Okay, I remember Buddy being there. Okay, yeah. interesting. Okay, damn. All right, so maybe, all right, maybe I need to change it. And it's an indie too. Yeah, because Tyree, Tyrese had 31 points in the first round, but yeah, that's and gonna he be a finish third. So, yeah, it's definitely gonna be fun. So, I think Tyrese, I, I wouldn't. I think he'll definitely get through the racks for sure. And you probably make most of them too, as we saw last year. So right. And then uh finally the skills challenge. We got oh, the wait. Pacers. We don't oh, have okay. a pick for uh, Sabrina versus Steph. Oh, how could I forget that, man? Um <laughs> it's so easy to pick Steph. Like I feel like Steph's gonna win, but man, Sabrina last year was just yeah. so unconscious, man. I'm gonna go Steph. I think it's the whole rest versus rust discussion. Yeah. Um, just because I, obviously she's not just sitting at home doing nothing. She's clearly going to prepare for this event, but sure. Steph has been able to get up game shots. And I yeah. think that's going to be a difference here. So I think it's be an elite competition, um, but I think Steph will, will edge it out in the end. I agree with you. Um, and Steph's on a heater right now, man. This dude's, yeah. Pulling up from the parking lot, game winners. We didn't even talk about that ridiculous game winner uh, last week, man. Just an insane mm -hmm. shot. But everything Steph Curry does, I feel like, just is in, leaves us in awe and amazement. But yeah. that's going to be a fun competition, man. I'm glad he signed up mm -hmm. for that because uh, Sabrina can definitely shoot too. Uh, skills challenge, we got the Pacers, Halliburton, Matherin, and Miles Turner. Interesting having Matherin. I think that could be a mm – -hmm. That could be their downfall. And you got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you got uh, Paolo, Anthony Edwards, and Victor Webb and Yama, um, which is the top picks going up. And then you have the team all-stars. So very interesting format that they have here. And then you have the all-stars where you got Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. I'm going to go with team all-stars here, man. I, I like the combination that they have of good passers, good shooters, um, and point guards. And I, and I feel like this is like a point guard type competition. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with team all stars in this one. I think we go team top picks, and just because um, Wemby and then Anthony Edwards, you put him in a competitive setting 
for anything. And he's going to be out to kill. So I think I'm going to go with team top picks to win this one. I like that. And Anthony Edwards is my pick for all-star MVP, man. I, I to, mm. to what you just said, like, I'm just like, yeah. I feel like he wants to, I think he's ready to put, to show the world, like, yeah, I'm that mm. dude. I'm next up. <laughs> he's done it numerous times. And like, just the way that he's an in-game dunker, like, I feel like he'll bring that flair that the all-star game certainly needs. Um yeah, it's going to be a fun game. I'm glad we're going back to the traditional way of doing it. I like the Elam yeah. ending, but, you know, I think going east-west and just having these guys compete, I think it's going to be fun. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I got LeBron for MVP. 20th All-Star game. I oh. think he's going to uh, – I think he's going to take home the MVP award. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, you guys can definitely hold us accountable next week when we uh, talk about All-Star weekend. Vaughn will – probably be back by then um so he can take over the the hosting duties i tried to do my best to fill in for the man but hey the guys the guys voted in hosting but um (laughs) yeah make sure you tap in back with us uh next wednesday 12 p.m on twitch for rafael johnson and dan titus and roto world this is the road world basketball show we'll see you next week the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.